0: Are you a bad person? If we're honest, the answer would be yes. Here's Pastor Jeff Shreve.
1: Tax collectors and sinners and prostitutes, the reason they followed Jesus in droves was because they understood they were sinners. And the Pharisees said, there's no way you can come to God. And Jesus said, come to me and I'll forgive you and I'll change you. So if you understand I'm not a good person. I'm a bad person and I need Jesus and he will make me the person he wants me to be. Then you come to him in brokenness, in humility, in repentance and faith and he changes your life. Jesus came only for sinners. Now here's the question. Does that include you? He can heal every scar
0: Many church people think of church the same way that many unbelievers have thought of it for ages. It's a place for good people, but not a place for bad people. Wow, how wrong that is. Because when Christ walked on this earth over 2,000 years ago, his attitude was totally different. He urged, and that is putting it lightly, for sinners, those of us who fall far from the mark, to come to Jesus and find rest In a biblical church, sinners were and are welcomed with open arms. It doesn't mean that sin is celebrated, but it does mean they are loved by other sinners in spite of it. This is From His Heart with Pastor Jeff Shreve, who's in his series today entitled Footsteps, What It Really Means to Follow Jesus. And the lesson we're about to learn today about becoming the disciples that God intends for us to be is to have a church where sinners are welcome. This series is also one of our thank-you gifts this month when you support From His Heart. I'll tell you more later, or you can go to fromhisheart.org. Right now, though, open your Bible to Matthew chapter 9, verse 9, if you can. Here's Pastor Jeff to begin the lesson.
1: As Jesus passed on from there, he saw a man called Matthew sitting in the tax office, and he said to him, follow me. And he rose and followed him. And it happened that as he was reclining at the table in the house, Matthew threw a big party for Jesus, behold, many tax gatherers and sinners came and were dining with him and his disciples. And when the Pharisees saw this, they said to the disciples, why is your teacher eating with the tax gatherers and sinners? But when he heard this, Jesus, he said, It is not those who are healthy who need a physician, but those who are sick. But go and learn what this means. I desire compassion and not sacrifice, for I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners. And Luke adds, but sinners to repentance. Repentance. I want us to think today from this passage and from this key passage that, like I said, is in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and it it just nails down the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ, what he came for. He's the great physician. He didn't come to call the healthy. He came for the sick. He didn't come to call the righteous. He came to call sinners to repentance. So notice with me three insights into this passage and the Lord's attitude toward sinners. Insight number one, Jesus loves sinners. He loves sinners. He's called in Luke 7 by his enemies who used it as a slam. They called him the friend of tax collectors and sinners. And I mean, those, those were just the worst people. He's a friend of the worst people. He's a friend of the bad people. Why in the world would Jesus be a friend of the bad people? Because Jesus loves sinners. Jesus was nailed to a cross just for sinners. He loves sinners. Not only does Jesus love sinners, Jesus calls sinners. Matthew chapter 9, and it's recorded in Mark chapter 2 and in the gospel of Luke, they all tell the same chronology. Jesus heals the paralytic, and the man rose and went home. And the multitude saw this. They were filled with awe and glorified God who had given such authority to men. Well, here's the question that was rolling around in the people's heads. This guy can forgive sins. I wonder how much sin he can forgive. And then right on the heels of that where Jesus said he has authority on earth to forgive sins, then we hear about Matthew. Matthew Levi was a human rat. And Jesus came for the Matthews Of the world. It was the grace of God that saved Matthew. It was the grace of God that put Matthew into service. And Matthew left it all and followed him. Jesus loves sinners. Jesus calls sinners follow me, I'll forgive you. And thirdly, and so important, and I want to camp here for a while, Jesus wants all to see that they are sinners. He wants everyone to see that, because you know what? Everybody doesn't see that. Now, in Jesus' day, and even among the Pharisees, they knew they had sinned. We know that from John chapter 8, where the woman is caught in adultery in the very act, and they're getting ready to stone her. And Jesus said, let him who is without sin among you cast the first stone. And they all dropped their rocks and went out, the oldest to the youngest, No one there of the Pharisees and the scribes and the religious elite would ever say, well, I'm sinless. No, they didn't say that. But would they classify themselves as a sinner? Of course not. I'm not a sinner. I'm not perfect, but I'm not a sinner. Well, if you have sinned, that makes you a sinner, right? I mean, if you murder someone. You become a murderer. How many people do you have to murder to be called a murderer? Well, you know, I'm not a murderer. I've only killed three people. You don't call me a murderer. How dare you? I mean, you you got to be up to 10 or 12 to be called a murderer. No, you only have to kill one person to be called a murderer. You only have to sin once to be called a sinner. And the Bible makes it clear. Romans chapter 3, verse 23, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. All of us have done that. All of us have missed the mark. Romans 3.10, there is none righteous, not even one. Not even one. So if there's none righteous, not even one, that means we're all unrighteous. And that's how God sees everyone as unrighteous, sinners, bad people in need of a Savior, sick people. Because he says, hey, it's not the healthy that come to the doctor, it's the sick And so we see people, and they saw people healthy and sick spiritually. Well, we're healthy spiritually. We're good people. And Jesus sees everyone as sick spiritually, sick because of sin. So why is that so important to see that you're a sinner? Because you can't get saved unless you see your utter sinfulness. That's why it's so important. You will never get saved. You will never, ever, ever go to heaven unless you see, I'm a sinner. I am sick with sin. I need the great physician. And if you don't see that, unless and until you see that, you'll never get saved. One preacher said this, you got to get folks lost in order to be saved you got to get them to understand that they're sick in order to go to the great physician. And the reason that you can never be saved unless and until you understand that you're utterly sinful is this. You will never repent unless you see your utter sinfulness. How important is repentance? Jesus said, unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. He said it twice. Luke chapter 13, verse 3. Luke chapter 13, verse 5. Unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Well, what does it mean to repent? Repent from what? Repent from your sins. Repentance is always tied to sin. You're going to turn from sin. The word repentance is metanoia, which means to change your mind, to make an about-face, to make an about-face Concerning sin and concerning yourself and concerning the Savior you need to repent of those things some guys in some churches I've heard one preacher say this. He said well, you know We don't talk about sin at our church Well, we don't like to talk about sin because you know people don't want to hear about sin people come to church to feel good They want to feel good. They want you to lift them up. They don't want you to beat them down They don't want you to tell them they're sinners. They don't want that they want you to, as it says in the book of Isaiah, speak to us pleasant words, prophesy to us illusions, let us hear no more about the Holy One of God. And so some churches, they do that, and they just, it's just a big pep rally, and it's just rah-rah, and it's, it's, just, it, it's fun, but there's no conviction of sin because they don't talk about sin. They don't use the word sin. And they say, well, we're following Jesus. Well, hey, if you're gonna follow in the footsteps of Jesus, you gotta talk about sin. Because you have to talk about repentance. Because unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Repentance is key. And repentance is linked to sin. And you say, well, I want to preach like Jesus. Well, then talk about sin. Because Jesus did. Mark chapter 1, at the beginning of Jesus' ministry, the scripture says this. And after John the Baptist had been taken into custody, Jesus came into Galilee, preaching the gospel of God and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent. And believe the gospel that was the message of Jesus from the outset repent and believe the gospel he said I did not come to call the righteous but sinners to what repentance so if you're gonna call people to repentance you have to tell them what to repent of repent of your sins and turn to me and trust me now there are two groups of people who don't want to do this one of them is seen right here the self-righteous the self-righteous never repent. The scribes and the Pharisees and the religious leaders, they couldn't believe that Jesus would hang out with sinners. And, you know, it's not just that you ate with them. You reclined at the table with them. I mean, eating in the first century, that was, a, that was an event, it wasn't like, hey, let's grab a sandwich. Okay, it's, you know, we got 30 minutes. No, you'd be there for hours. And this was a big banquet that, that Matthew threw because he was so excited and he wanted his other riffraff to find forgiveness that he had found. That's a, the mark of a genuine believer. When you are forgiven, you bring your friends because you want them to find what you found. And that is forgiveness and satisfaction and freedom in the Lord Jesus Christ. But here he's having this party and these guys are like, the religious leaders, what, why, why in the world would you sit down with those people? They're unclean. They're morally filthy. You're not supposed to hang around them. What does the rabbinic law says? Don't even associate with them, even if you're trying to bring them closer to, uh, to the law. You don't have anything to do with them, and they wouldn't ever get near those people. They were too holy, they were too pure. And that's why Jesus said it is sarcasm in verse 12. It is not those who are healthy who need a physician, but those who are sick. Hey, you, you guys are supposed to know so much about the law, you Pharisees, you scribes. Well, don't you, haven't you figured out this thing? Sick people are the ones that need a doctor. Healthy people don't go to the doctor, right? I mean, if you're healthy, you've never been sick in your life, you don't go to the oncologist, say, I, I need to talk to you about chemo. You, you don't have any sickness, you don't go. But if you get diagnosed and you understand you have cancer, you go to the oncologist. Help me. Well, I got a problem here. Help me. What can you do to remedy this situation? So it's not the healthy who need a physician. It's the sick. And hey, Pharisees, these people that you have classified tax collectors and sinners and riffraff and human, human waste, uh, they're the ones that need the help. They're the rats and the roaches. Why wouldn't you go to them? They're the sick people. But you stay away from the sick people. What kind of a doctor would it be who said, I don't want to ever mess with sick people? just give me all the healthy people. Well, healthy people don't need you. If everyone were healthy, you don't need a doctor, right? You only need the doctor when you get sick. And Jesus said, I didn't come for you guys. I came for sick people. I didn't come to call the righteous, but sinners. Now, no one's righteous, but these guys thought they were righteous. They were self-righteous. Jesus talks about them over and over in the scriptures. He's rough on the self-righteous. He told a parable against them in Luke chapter 18 and verse 9. It says, he also told this parable to certain ones who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and viewed others with contempt. And really, in the minds of a Pharisee, in the mind of a Pharisee, you know, I said, do you have good people and bad people? They really saw it as three kinds of people. You had bad people. Don't associate with them. And then you had just the regular good people, and then you had the Pharisees. Oh, they were the elite. They were the cream of the good crop. They were the best. They only associated with other Pharisees, other spiritually elite. And they would look at just regular folks, farmers and regular folks. Well, you know, you're okay. You're not up here with us. You're kind of just a regular person. And then there's the rotten people. So you're not really a, a sewer rat. Well, we don't want you over to our house. You know, we don't want to associate with you. You're not elite like us. That's the way they thought. They viewed other people with contempt. Why did Jesus hang out with prostitutes and thieves and tax collectors and sinners? Because they understood they were sinners. They understood they were sick. And they came to him in need. They came to him humbly. They came to him with repentance. And the Pharisees, the religious elite, they took offense to Jesus, ever saying that they, there was something wrong with them. How dare you? And they wanted to kill him as a result of it. So the self-righteous righteous never repent. And there's a second group of people that we're dealing with today. And these are the self-deceived that never repent. These are the people who want to change the boundary markers. Who want to say, well, such and such used to be a sin. But it's not a sin anymore. And I'm going to change. This used to be out of bounds, and God set it up as being out of bounds, but we don't like that out of bounds marker, so we're moving it. And all of a sudden, what used to be a sin now is no longer a sin. And if you say what used to be a sin is now no longer a sin, then you don't need to repent either because you haven't sinned. Because in your new dictionary, in your book, new book of definitions, in your new rule book that you yourself have created, that's not a sin anymore. Hey, when it comes to moral rules, there's only one that makes the rule, and that's God. God makes all the rules. We don't have the right to change the rules. And people get, they they get mad at me, and they say, well, you're judging people. I'm not judging anybody. I'm just telling you where the out-of-bounds marker is. You know, I, some time ago, Debbie and I went to Houston. We were driving back, and we were driving back late. And Debbie gets car sick when I drive, and so I always let her drive. And we're driving back, and uh, word of the wise, when you drive through Linden, slow down. Do <laughs> you ever notice that? It's the highway patrol capital of the world. Linden. Texas, and so I told Debbie. I said, "Now, hey, we're we're coming out of Jefferson. You gotta you gotta be careful because the speed limit changes, and you gotta watch it." And so she's driving along and driving along. Said, "You you gotta watch your speed. I'm fine. I'm doing good. Fine. Woo!" And she looks at me like, "Well, what's up?" I said, "Yeah, I told you. It it goes down here. You gotta watch your. Sp-. Well, I was I wasn't speeding. I I was just doing the speed limit." I said. It's gone down to 50 or whatever. She goes, well, when did it do that? And somehow it was my fault. I was like, hey, I told you. Now, she could have said, as I'm telling her, hey, the speed limit sign, it just said, it's it's not 75 or 70 or whatever it is. It's not that anymore. It went down 10 miles. She could have looked at me. She said, you're judging me. Stop judging me. I'm not judging you. I didn't make the speed limit sign. And nobody asked me what the speed limit should be. I would have said it's 90. But they didn't ask me. It goes down here. So I'm not judging you. I'm just telling you what the sign says. What are Christians supposed to do in these last days? Hold up the sign. Hold up the speed limit sign to tell people, hey, this is what God has said. You may not like it. You may not think it's right. But you don't have the right to change it. He decides what is right and what is wrong. And if you arbitrarily say, well, I don't like that and so I'm changing it, it doesn't change. It doesn't change. I heard about one man and he couldn't stand the fact that the Bible said that homosexuality is an abomination to God and so every hotel that he went in, he would look in Leviticus chapter 18 and he'd tear that out of the Bible. Well, you can tear it out of every Bible you want. Doesn't change the fact that that's what God says. God is the, the judge. God is the one that sets up the boundary markers. And if you say, well, that's not a sin anymore, whatever that sin might be, where God clearly says it is, then you know what? You're deceiving yourself. And when you're self deceived, you don't repent. John says this in 1 John chapter 1 if we say that we have no sin, we are deceiving ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. Ah, but if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Here's the good news. You can agree with God. You can come to the Lord Jesus, and you can be changed. You can quit trying to say, "Well, I'm fine the way I am. I don't need a physician." And you can look deep within, and you cannot trust in your religion. You can just look into your heart and know that you're wicked and deceitful and you are in desperate need of the Savior, and everyone has to come that way if they are to come at all. And the tax collectors and sinners and prostitutes, the reason they followed Jesus in droves was because they understood they were sinners. And the Pharisees said, there's no way you can come to God. And Jesus said, come to me and I'll forgive you and I'll change you. You know, the woman who is talked about in the scripture so much, Mary Magdalene, some people believe she was a prostitute. We know for sure she had seven demons cast out of her. She was there attending the Lord Jesus. She was blown away by his grace. That can be you. You can be somebody blown away by his grace. You can be someone who's changed by his grace. What does Jesus say? All sinners are welcome. But who's not welcome? Those who don't understand they're sinners. I didn't come to call the righteous. I came to call sinners. So if you understand I'm not a good person, I'm a bad person, and I need Jesus, and he will make me the person he wants me to be, then you come to him in brokenness, in humility, in repentance and faith, and he changes your life just like he changed Matthew's life just like he changed my life, because I'm not a good person. I'm a bad person who found amazing grace in the Lord Jesus. Jesus came only for sinners. Now here's the question. Does that include you?
0: You're listening to From His Heart with Pastor Jeff Shreve today and he's presented a powerful and serious question to answer. Perhaps right now you're sensing the Holy Spirit's convicting power in your life. If so, that really is the Lord wanting to welcome you, you dear sinner, into his arms. You can't get rid of all your sin and then come to him. It'll never happen. You come to him as filthy rags. We all do. And then he cleans us up. His love overwhelms us and you'll be willingly and even sacrificially desiring to live for Him for the rest of your life when you surrender yours to Him. He's offering you that forgiveness for your sins today and freedom to live for Him. When you call upon the name of the Lord in repentance and faith in Him alone, you will be a child of God, and He will never let you go. Let me invite you to go to FromHisHeart.org. Click the Why Jesus link on our website. It's right there on the home page. And there you'll learn who He is and how to know God, how to grow in Christ, how to understand His plan for your life, and how to have that wonderful life that comes with a surrendered heart to Jesus. It doesn't mean you're going to have gold and roses all the time. It means that you'll be blessed and comforted even in the difficult times of life. Again, go to the Why Jesus tab at FromHisHeart.org. We believe God will open your heart and your eyes and cleanse you today and for eternity. Well, today's message was called Sinner's Welcome from Pastor Jeff's series, Footsteps, What It Really Means to Follow Jesus. The series and Pastor Jeff's booklet, Hitting the Bullseye, How to Know and Do the Will of God, are our gifts of thanks to you for your support this month of any amount to From His Heart. He is our chief volunteer receiving no income from this ministry. You can find out more at fromhisheart.org or call eight six six four zero bible That's 866-40-BIBLE. We're so glad you chose to be with us today. Thank you so very much for being here. I'm Larry Nobles, and we trust that you'll make it a habit to join us right here each and every day, and especially next time for the message that will convict and challenge you to find opportunities for taking a stand for Christ. Here on From His Heart. From His Heart is the listener-supported broadcast ministry of Dr. Jeff Shreve, speaking the truth in love to a lost and a hurting world. Remember, no matter what, God loves you, and He has a wonderful plan for your life. Find out more about that at FromHisHeart.org.